Hey, welcome back to The, the Yamcast. Yam My name is Erica. And I'm Chris. And we love working with young adults and college students. If you're a leader in one of those ministries or you're attending one of those ministries, this podcast is for you. Yeah, and if you want to find us, you can find us on Instagram or Facebook with The Yamcast. If you need to email us at all, please, you can email us. Please. At yamcastpod at gmail.com. No. Yemcastpod at gmail.com. There's not two ass there. I'm sorry. At at. At at. Sweet. So I think we have a shout out. We do have a shout out. Todd Knight commented on our post. Yep. Our monthly five post. Wondering if our image was mirrored because he envis- envisioned us on opposite sides of the table and now is not sure he can listen to us anymore. Yeah, Todd, I'm not sure what that means. <laughs> Why do I have to sit on the left? Or is it the closest to the soundboard? I'm going to have to unpack this with you at some point. Mm. Why did you, you imagine have to ask this him. differently? And second, why would it matter what side of the table we're sitting on? <laughs> oh. uh, I have to sit so I can face the door, and there's a door behind where the picture was taken. Mm. Got to see, like, your escape plan? Yeah, that's part of it. Got to uh, see Got to see the attackers coming in? Ne- yeah, I need to protect everyone. Mm. From across the room? <laughs> yeah. I'm both as far away from the door and facing the door as I possibly can be. <laughs> Hello. It makes total sense. And I'm, I'm next to a metal thing that I can hide behind if something happened. <laughs> please don't hurt me. Please don't hurt me. Oh, it takes us first and then. Yeah. I'm brave. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Should we start before yeah, this gets weird? before it gets way off topic. Yeah. You're like, it's already weird, Chris. Just stop it. So we're only doing a few verses this week. Yeah. We're almost at the end of Colossians. In Colossians 4, just doing two through six. So this should be quick, right? Yep. <laughs> It's me. You never know. It's true. All right. Verse two of chapter four. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. So these are Paul's closing remarks. So remember, this is a letter. These would be the things that you would put at the end that you want people to remember or that you're reminding them of that you talked about previously. So steadfast is such a great word, right? Mm -hmm. It is. It's like, a great biblical word. Yeah. It's like continuous, not giving up, remaining faithful in your prayer. Right. It's just a great, it's a great word. But not just praying the prayer, praying your prayers, but also watching for God to answer it. And then being thankful for whatever answer he gives. I think that's such a great way of putting it. Not just like, oh, just pray. It's like, no, you need to watch to see what he does after you've prayed and then thank him for whatever comes. Yeah. I think that's great. Yeah. And I think so often we want it to just go our way. Oh, of course. And then when it doesn't go our way, we're mad at God as if he has to answer to us. Oh, yeah. Probably not the best strategy for life, but I'm just throwing it out there. Because just anything in life, like it's not always going to go your way. So are you going to get mad every single time? You know? The answer is yes. I am going to get mad every time. No, no, but I mean, right? You're totally right. Your job doesn't always go the way you want it to go. Your relationship doesn't always go the way you want it to go. Your kids don't always do what they want you to do. And then you, you realize, oh, it's not all about me. Your dog doesn't even listen to you all the time as much as you'd like him to. Or her, best friend. Or her too. Nope. You know, it's ridiculous. This whole world is out to get us. <laughs> Woe is me. So then we pray and we go, God, change this. And mm. sometimes God says no. And we... 
then we're like, well, fine, you're on the list too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? How ridiculous is that? That's so you're dumb. We are such, hey, God, I'm so mad at all these people and I'm adding you to the list. So. And God's like, okay. God's like, all right. You do that, whatever this join, list, join quote the, unquote. Join the club, rebellious child. <laughs> All right, verse three, at the same time, pray also for us that God may open a, uh, to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison. So Paul is not being selfish here when right. he's asking for prayer. He, he is praying for, he is in prison, okay, right. which... He's not praying to get out of it. Which already means he's a little bit not selfish. Right? <laughs> like he's in jail sure. because he's sharing the gospel. Keep going. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, like my prayer would be like, hey, can you pray that like I get out of here? Right. That would be my prayer. And his prayer is, no, can you pray for our ministry opportunities mm-hmm. while we're here? Like that's amazing. That's so the right perspective. Even right. when life is not going how you're wanting it to, because I don't think he was like, please put me in prison. It's my favorite place. <laughs> he still is like, oh, I still have work to do here just because it's not what I wanted. I still have work to do. Right now in fairness here, we don't know at what point in the prison mm. time frame this is. So I want to, I don't want to paint Paul in a light that he like never complains or oh, never yeah. asks questions. So it's very, and I know you're not trying to do that, but mm-hmm. I just, whenever we read verses like this, sometimes we just assume Paul. So oh. he's so much better at walking with Jesus than I am. We don't know if this is like four months in. And but like, let's be real. He is spent, so much better at walking with Jesus than that I That is totally true. But imagine if he spent 100 of the 10 of the last 120 days just going, get me out of here. Get me out of and here. And he's like, I need a better perspective. Here. And now God's like, nope. And he goes, okay, fine. Please pray for my ministry opportunities. Because <laughs> <laughs> so I, I ain't getting out of here. Yeah, I don't. And just to be clear with everyone on the podcast, I'm not saying that Paul is that type of person. I'm just saying we need to leave a little bit of room that he might have been asking and God said no, which goes back to then verse two, accepting whatever answer comes. So mm-hmm. it's possible, that, you know, it's possible he's like, well, I'm going to get out of here in a few days. And then a couple months in, say, hey, God, are you going to get me out of here? And finally he's like, well, I guess I'm I'm in here. So now what do we do? And, you know, mm-hmm. so it's, I'm just saying it's possible. Yes, yeah. we're, I'm speculating a ton. Like we don't know what the text says here or, or sorry, what the text doesn't say. We don't know, you know, we can't read in between total the lines. That's, and, yeah. But I'm just saying we need to leave some room that maybe Paul, this is his final response of, all right, well, now that I'm here and I'm, you know, I was just told by the guard that my trial is not going to be for another three months. All right, let's start praying for open doors, yeah. you know, which is it's a great true. attitude to take when things aren't going good, great for you. So. Mm-hmm. All right. There we go. We threw Paul under the bus. <laughs> what are we, five minutes into the podcast yep. and Paul looks like a terrible person. All right. Uh, verse number four, that I may make it clear. That's, that's the gospel, this mystery of Christ, that I may make it clear, which is how I ought to speak. So my question, um, I don't understand that last part. So can you make it clear, Paul, what you mean? Like, which is how I ought to speak? Like, just to... Is, it that, is that meaning that he's supposed to just be clear on the gospel all the time? Yes. Is that, that what's that last pit yeah, that I, means? Yeah, I think based on the, the passage, the, the way that he, if you follow the line of thinking so far, I think what he's saying is pray that I'm able to make it clear while I'm here in prison, which is how I should be speaking anyway, but just pray that I definitely, okay. I, I, I do it. I, I'm able to make it happen. Yeah. Okay. So the question then is, who is he, ta- who is he talking to? 
right? And so there's different imprisonments of Paul throughout his ministry. You know, we've got this this moment where he's uh, in Jerusalem in, in the end of Acts, and he's he's under watchful guard of the religious leaders. And you're going, okay, if he's in prison there, then he's asking to be able to speak clearly the gospel to the Jews. That's that's awesome. Mm-hmm. He then goes to Caesarea, um, which is on the coast, uh, waiting for his ship to send him to Rome. And there, you know, he's t- dealing with, with Jews and Gentiles. Maybe he's asking for clarity with that. If he's in jail in Rome, we know that at times he was actually chained to a guard. Mm. Can you imagine being chained to Paul, who's going to share the gospel with you 24-7? Mm-hmm. I mean, it'd be like being with, sitting next to a teenage girl who's telling you about her day, except you're talking about Jesus mm-hmm. all the time, mm-hmm. which is awesome. So, yeah, he's just asking to be, to be clear. And perhaps his trial is coming up, and he's saying, you know, while I'm in jail here, I want to be clear when I go to trial or when I, you know, we don't know. We don't know what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. Does that help? Yeah. Okay, verse five, walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of time. So now he's back to the Colossians, speaking to them and telling them what they should be about. And may this be our prayer as well, like walking in wisdom with those that are different than us. Like, hello, that is where we live. Like, right. we're being bombarded with that all of the time right now. And just making the best use of the time when we're with them and not wasting it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, if only we could really take this verse seriously. I'm going to dive into this for the deeper dive specifically because there's a there's a, a line of thinking that Paul does here in Colossians that he also picks up in Philippians and a few other places. So I'm going to I'm going to pull that out in a second, but yeah, this this is probably the thing that we struggle with the most. Mm-hmm. And so we'll save that for just a minute. Verse 6 then, our final verse of the day. I know everyone's thinking, "What? Why isn't there more?" We need more content. <laughs> if only we could create more. The Bible just gives us what the Bible gives us, you know? I'm not going to add verses to Colossians. <laughs> Verse 6 of chapter 4. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. So what you say should be courteous, kind, pleasant. I kind of looked up what gracious was, and those were yep. three words that came up with it. Um, seasoned with salt, not bland, not dull. But also right for whoever you're talking to. So what you say and how you say it should be different with who you might be talking to. Now, that doesn't mean sometimes I think when we hear this, we think that means we're fake and we're different. Like, you know what I mean? We're going to pretend over here and we're going to pretend over here and we're going to pretend over here. And I'm going to talk about this a little bit more with Let's Get Practical, but that's not at all what they're talking about. No. It's pretending and faking it. So it's just knowing the people you're talking to and talking to them. Yes. And the fact that salt, especially in the ancient world, made everything not only better, but it made everything long lasting. Preserved it. So there's an element of when we read seasoned with salt, we should be thinking that means I'm I'm making this situation better with my words Mm. and I'm doing so in a way that would make eternal consequences that are positive. Mm, I like that. Which is, I think, really important for us to process and go. Is that where I'm at? But as I said. Yeah. Are my conversations checking those boxes? Correct. Which brings us to the deeper dive. Man, I think McDonald's fries really make the deeper dive deeper. Am I right? Yeah. Really coat that throat. (laughs) Yeah. Unfortunately, that is very true. 
Uh, you know, it just is a long day. I didn't eat, and I ate right before I came on here. I'm just glad that I don't have indigestion or something going on. Too much information? <laughs> All right, move on. <laughs> so the deeper dive this week is practical like we did in the weeks past. Colossians is just dripping with with awesomeness. And when I think of uh, Colossians and I think of the deeper dive here, especially with this particular passage, I want to point out something that Paul does a lot. And so I'm going to do that by looking back at the verse that we just read a couple seconds ago, verse 5, and then I'm going to tie into it verse 6. And I'm going to then make a case off of these two things. So verse 5, walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. And that sounds awesome. We just talked about how great that is, walking toward outsiders, being somebody who's making the best use of the time. And what Paul's talking about here is we have a limited amount of time. Mm. You're only here for Mm -hmm. so long. And I think sometimes what we think is, this is my time. I'm going to use it for me. And Paul already has made the case through the rest of the, the Colossian letter. You're not in this for yourself. So remember what he talked about with, you know, the holidays that you celebrate, right? Whether you're with Sabbath. Don't let somebody mm-hmm. hold you guilty or not because of the things that you're doing. Remember that Christ has already done all these things, chapter 1 and chapter 2. And because he's done all these things, you've been made new and you're different. So now then you turn your eyes toward things above, not things on earth. That's chapter 3. And then we move into chapter 4. And he's sort of tying all this together. And he's going, you have this much time. You know, you, uh, as the psalmist says, you know, you have 70 years, maybe 80 if you have the strength. And Moses, as a 120-year-old, possibly is writing that saying, which I th- I've always found interesting. But here's Moses saying, you've got a limited amount of time in Psalm 90. Use it to the best of, of your ability. And so then I look at this and I go, okay, so if I've, got, if I've got 80 years on this planet, let's just get really sobering here for a second. Mm-hmm. I'm approaching 39 years of age in a, in a couple of months here, which means I'm almost halfway done. And the first part of that is I look back and I go, have I used this 40 years to the best of my ability? And I think there's a lot of ways in which I can say, absolutely, right? There's mm-hmm. some things that I've done that I, I can go, man, I, I, I feel like God really used me and, and, and did some great things in me and through me. And for that, I'm grateful. Praise the Lord. But I look to the next 40 and I go, all right, what do I got? What do I got in me? What am I going to do? And when I think about the best use of my time, and this is where I, it starts to get really practical here. I don't know that when I think of the next 40 years, my first thought is walking toward, walking with grace toward outsiders. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, my first thought is, how do I lead the church well? How do I make an impact? What books am I going to write? Who, mm. you know, what do I do with this podcast? What do we do with uh, some of the ideas that we've got for young adult ministry? You know, what like do, raising your family. Totally. Or, yeah. You know, becoming a grandfather, becoming a great grandfather potentially. Leaving a lasting legacy, one that when I pass away, people will actually care where I'm buried. And I don't mean like the whole world flocks to it. But, you know, if my kids show up and they're like, he was a good man and we really appreciated him. Hopefully they're going to say he loves Jesus. And in the church, I think it's fairly easy to make the best use of our time. And that's that's I think it's interesting that what Paul says here is walk in wisdom toward outsiders. Paul, who is evangelistic in nature and just who he is, he keeps talking about this over and over and over again. Paul's goal ever since Acts 9, where he received the call from God to go to the world, to go to the nations and draw them home, Paul's goal 
was to make the best use of his time and show the world what it looks like, which means he's walking in wisdom toward outsiders. What's convicting to me, and this is why I bring it up, I don't know that I think about them. Yeah. That's troubling to me. And as a young adult or college student or a young adult leader or a college leader, wherever you're, you know, wherever you're serving, if you catch this podcast, what I want you to hear from the deeper dive is the scriptures are pretty consistent in the sense that your life is, first of all, not your own. And part of what your life is, is how you deal with the outsider. Mm-hmm. So whether it's the Old Testament, you see these moments where Abram is an outsider and he gets made into not an outsider, right? Or you've got uh, these various characters. They weren't the firstborn. They weren't the, the, the biggest, strongest. You know, they were the ruddy, handsome fella like David. Or, or uh, you know, it's a woman who puts mm. a tent peg through someone's. The Bible is all about pulling the outsider in and not saying, you, you, you just come here and be yourself and everything's fine. But drawing them in in such a way that they don't want to be the way they were and they're different now. Mm-hmm. So Rahab, Tamar, mm-hmm. Bathsheba. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you start running through the idea here and you start thinking our job, and you can, people are going to take this however they want to take it, but our job is to walk in wisdom toward the outsider, making the best use of the time we've got. And so as I spent some time on this, this passage today, just praying through where we wanted to go, what convicted me the most was this verse saying, I don't know that I think about the outsider enough. Mm-hmm. And then what Paul says in other letters, you know, he, he says this in, um, you know, Philippians 4, that I, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. He's just saying, I, I want you to, to raise up all these things. I want you to be thinking about this. I want you to be processing this. God's taking care of you. And then he says this in verse 10, I rejoice that the Lord made you think about me. Hmm. You, he, you, he revived your concern for me. And because of that, you had this opportunity to help me out. And then we've got another, you know, we've got other passages in the New Testament where Paul's saying things like, I want you to speak wisely. Or I want you to speak in such a way that shows people how they, they belong, what they're, what that looks like. And so then I come back to it and I go, okay, so if I think about walking in wisdom toward outsiders, I've got to think about that differently. And second, if I'm going to think about my speech being gracious, that means even people who don't agree with me, I need to speak to them in such a way that they feel like, like I just said, it's something that makes their lives better. Mm-hmm. And it makes their lives better in such a way that it has an, an eternal impact. So if, if I don't agree with someone's lifestyle choices, I'm not saying that I shouldn't say anything about those lifestyle choices. But I should do so in such a way that it makes the situation better and it makes it an, an eternal impact as opposed to they want to walk away from me and never talk to me mm-hmm. again. That's not to say that if I do it 100% right that they won't walk away from me anyway, okay? Mm-hmm. But too many of us just kind of go, well, they walked away from me. It's their fault. You know, I did it right, but... And you probably didn't do it right. You probably were way too, you know, edgy, way too political, way too uh, judgmental, pushy, telling mm-hmm. them what to do. Oh, yeah. And so that was just really convicting to me. So I thought for the deeper dive, you know, thinking about all the Old Testament individuals who are the outsiders that get drawn in, the fact that Paul's heart in prison is, I want you to walk in wisdom toward those people, and I want you to speak in a way that's seasoned with salt. Man, I just said, that's, I got to center on that somehow. So I'm not sure if I'm making the full point that I'm trying to make, but but that's kind of where I'm landing. Yeah.
That's good. Okay. All right. Well, then let's get practical. Let's get practical. Practical. So I have three things that I wanted to focus on with these, like, what do we have? Five, four or five verses? <clears throat> All of them. So the first is steadfast prayer. Now, I know when we read that, we were like, that sounds so great. And I know that if we are Christ followers, we want that to be our life. Like mm-hmm. we we want that to be what we are about is prayer. Because we do know that prayer is good and necessary mm-hmm. and it can change things. And But I know for me, if I'm being honest, prayer is not a natural posture for me. It is something I have to work on and become disciplined in, like train myself in. Right. And I know many other people feel this exact same way. Like we may go through seasons where our prayer life is rich and other seasons where it's pretty dry. And one way that I've learned and I've I've seen to keep yourself accountable in this area is to keep a prayer journal or just use the journal you already have and just write your prayers down. And then you can actually watch God answer them and then be thankful for those answers. And now and now when I say answer them that doesn't necessarily mean that he's giving you what you want, but he will answer them. We just it's not always what we want, but we still need to be thankful because it's what's best. So, a prayer journal cuz we we're forgetful, right? And so right. those are really helpful to um to keep a record mm-hmm. so that we can come back to something and be like, "Oh, I I did pray for that and he totally did answer that." Right. I just completely forgot. But that can help us be a little more steadfast in our prayer. One of the things that, about prayer that's really been helpful to me over the last couple of years is uh, I've gotten a new appreciation for God on his throne being the king. Mm. And that my, my prayer life is me bringing things to him and laying them at his feet. And it, some of you are like, well, duh, you're such a bad Christian. I've always thought that. Good for you. I love that you thought that about yourself. You're like, great. But there's a period in my life where prayer was more of just like, I'm going to just toss up stuff and see how it goes. And... For me to come to the king and lay stuff at his feet and say, here here you go, and then he makes the decision as to what each of those things are going to be, has changed my paradigm drastically for prayer. So I don't know if that's helpful, but it no, totally, yeah, like totally fits in with where you're going. Yeah. So my second one is where Paul prays for ministry opportunities in prison. And so if prayer is hard for you, then praying for God to use you for his work <laughs> while you're in his place where you struggle might be even more of a stretch for you. Yeah. But this truly shows like growth and maturity as a Christian. Are you solely f- focused always on your life? Your, and we kind of talked about this, your life, your plans, your circumstances, or are you actually sold out to him and what he may have for you in this season, regardless if it is something you enjoy or not? Right. It takes a bit of perspective and remembering who we are here for, and that can be done through prayer. Yeah. And I think that's actually where prayer, what prayer does a lot for me is it writes my perspective. Yes. Reminds me like, okay, I was being really selfish in that. This is where I need to be. It reminds me of who I am, who he is, you know, all of that. And so then reminding myself that like, this is, this, this life is not for my comfort. That's not the goal. And then when you remember that, you're like, okay, so... Wherever I'm at, he has work. Let, let my eyes be open to whatever that is. So I would just, yeah, if you're in a season right now where you're like, hmm, I don't really enjoy this or wherever you're at, or he still has work for you. So Yeah. And instead of asking God to bless what you're doing, maybe meet God where he's at and do what, oh, he's, yeah, so do true. what, do what he's trying to do. Because he might meet you there a little easier than you saying, God, I want you to bless all this stuff that I'm doing. So. And hope that, yeah. 
Yeah, that's good. And the last one is really just, I mean, it's a lot of what you talked about um, in your deeper dive, but just more so focusing on the seasoned with salt so that you know how you ought to answer each person. Reading this verse reminds me that in order for us to know how to answer each person, we need to know the people we're talking to. Mm -hmm. So moving towards those outsiders and letting your grace be or your, your speech be gracious, you actually need to know them. So this means you're going to do the majority of listening in the beginning yes, and possibly throughout. So you actually know how they tick. You know what their struggles might be. You understand them. You know you're their likes, their dislikes, their past, etc. So you can actually, so that your words actually are seasoned with salt. Like they are for that person. Yeah. And you know how to answer the things that are going on in their life. And, and even really how the gospel intersects then with their life. Because... Yes, the gospel is the truth, and but you can word it in different ways that apply to the person that you're talking to. So you had a, a rough past with a father and are just looking for love. Like that's then what you're going to hone in on is like God's love. I mean, it's not that you're not going to talk about God's love with everybody, but that's really what you're going to focus on. Mm-hmm. Whereas somebody else, it might be something different, you know, and so just making – sure that you know the people that you're actually talking to. So, I mean, even when you were talking about moving towards the outsider, you're not going in there guns blazing with what you need to say right. and your truth. You're all wrong. You're a bunch yes. of sinners and you're going to go to hell. That's not gracious, <laughs> right? That's not probably making it better. And it may be true. Yes. But but, but there's a better way to handle <laughs> yes. it. There's a better way to do it. So maybe yeah. just walk into the situation and go, Tell me about yourself. Yeah, what are the needs? B- better understand. When you're in, uh, when you're in undergraduate for Bible college, they they usually have you take a missiology course, right? And you take this course about how missions works mm, and how you do yep. it. And one of the most famous missions books is called Bruchko, and uh, the other one that they made us read is called The Peace Child. And both of them really talk about individuals that go to a tribe, and then in that tribe they learn how to share the story of the gospel through the lens of the people that's going to make sense. Yeah. So they find a missiological loophole or something that they can use to show people this is what the gospel really says, and then they go from there. And we just kind of bypass that as Christians because we're way better than the missionaries that are going to the world trying to tell them what to do. Sorry. Is that sarcastic? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. I mean, it just reminds me of Paul when he's talking to the Greeks or the Romans but they're but about their gods, and they, he talks yeah. about how they have an unknown god, yep. and he's like, "This is that unknown." You know, like he yep. he knows their culture enough where he can speak into it and totally. still bring the gospel. Totally. But he wouldn't do that the same way with the Jewish people. You no. know, like so it's just knowing your people. It's actually a really helpful practice to go through Acts and look at all the times the gospel is shared and line them all up next to each other and realize they are totally different. That's real. That'd be really cool. Each audience is a totally different approach to try to show them what the gospel's saying. Mm-hmm. And we just don't do that. We like Because we think we're right. We want to hold up signs and tell people that they're going to hell mm-hmm. as if that's the best solution to the problem. And guys, it's not. It might have worked for you, <laughs> you little hellion. But uh, if it did, you know, if it worked for you, it may not work for somebody else. So maybe just stop and think. Will this work for them? I love this person. Let me share this the gospel with this person in a way that they're going to be able to hear what Jesus is saying. Mm -hmm. Man, that'd be awesome. Really cool. Well, James, take it away. Council Corner with Erica. 
And I'm so glad James recorded that theme song for you. I know, it's great. So a question, and then I know you've probably gotten this question often. Never. So you can interject at different times too. But how do I know if I'm making the right decision? I mean, so many times I've heard people ask this question. I've asked this question, right? So many times. And so it probably, I mean, it probably comes if you haven't asked this question, but it probably would come with college. Like, what college do I go to? What major do I do I take? Who should I marry? What job do I take? Do I move? Do I stay? Circumstances that happen for us to be concerned with making the right decision are endless, right? Like, we yes. always are concerned about it. But knowing if you are making the right decision um, can be applied to all of them. So, first off, we normally ask this question because we are scared of making the wrong one. So fear of failure, fear of getting on the wrong path, whatever other fear might be in there, but it's usually based on fear. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, if we understand who God is, we may not ask this question. Or maybe we may not be so fearful of making a wrong decision and maybe choosing a different college or whatever mm-hmm. that might be. So God loves you. God cares for you deeply. He is not going to leave you if you make a quote-unquote wrong decision, because I don't actually think it's necessarily a wrong decision. So that's why I'm putting the quotes there. He will still be there. And as we saw with Paul, you still have work to do, no matter what decision you make. He's not up there like, oh, Erica, look at what she did. She decided to go to that school instead of that school. Like, bye. You know, like he's not doing that. I'm out. Yeah, like that's not happening. And I think that's what we think, though. Yes. That we think it's like, oh, she fell off the path. Well, usually that because sucks. we deal with fickle humans that act like that. That is true. So keep going. We we do, yeah, a lot of what happens in our lives or right. the people that we come into contact with, we end up putting that on as what God is like. And he is not that. So I think we will um, we will not be as afraid of failing or missing it when we actually understand that God is always going to be there. And we will still have ministry work to do no matter where we go. Secondly, I heard someone say once that if you have two pretty equal options, then maybe God is letting you decide, meaning one is not right and one is not wrong. And really, when you're choosing schools, is there really a wrong decision? Probably not. I actually kind of like joked with people that it's like, okay, if you're choosing school over like, say prostitution, there's a right answer, right? I hope so. Yes. And I hope that the audience that's listening knows what the right answer yes, is. Yes, right? Keep going. It's it's school, right? So, and that's what I kind of pose to them. And I think a lot of times high schoolers are like, oh yeah, like I'm not choosing two super opposite, morally different options here. They literally are just, which school do I want to go to? Or which job or, or what city or even who to marry. Like you can do life. Like really that, that was my question when I was getting married. Like can I do life with this person? Not necessarily do I love this person because that feeling can come and go. But like can I actually do – is this a type of person that like day in and day out, even when I'm like, like not feeling it that day, I still look at you and like respect you and – you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so then you go for it. If that's a person that you could actually do life with, like they have the qualities that 
will continue, Mm -hmm. not that you just hope will develop, right? Because I think a lot of times you go into it with all of that feeling and you might even overlook some things and then you're like, oh, crap, he's actually not what I thought he was, whatever that might be. Right. But anyways, we can go down that path a different time. But kind of getting back on track, God is always there. So this does not mean that you don't pray and seek guidance for these questions or these um these decisions that you're trying to make. But when it comes time to make the decision, you make it and then you see if it was good for you or not. You see what I did there? I didn't say if it was right or wrong. You see if it was actually good for you or not. Because that's really kind of the point. It's not going to be necessarily right or wrong. And if the decision you make and you start moving toward it, suddenly every door that possibly could be closes do you trust God enough to go, all right, he's all right, got that's me. not right. And that has happened to me in the past, and it will happen to everyone. Mm-hmm. You pray about it. You let the Lord lead. You make a decision. And if it's the wrong decision, you need to trust God that he's going to stop you. But if you've got two equal choices that yeah. are not sinful, that's what you're saying. Yes, yes, thank two, you. <laughs> two things that are not sinful that you you can look at both of them and say, God would be honored by either of these choices, then great. And, and just sin- choose. And sinful can look different for every person. You know, you you're, you brought up two very drastic very, circumstances. Very, yes, yeah. But if I'm looking at two colleges that are pretty equally academically, okay, that's fine. But I might be connected to one of them more because of the college ministry that they have on campus. Maybe I want to be involved in that. Or maybe it's a city that I feel led to serve in, so I want to be more involved with that. Or it's far away, so I get to strike out and, and change mm-hmm. the perception. And my family has to deal with life without me for a little while, and I get a chance to just build my identity. That's that's fantastic. Now, if you're also looking at the two schools and one of them is going to leave you with $20,000 in debt and another one's going to leave you with $150,000 in debt, it actually might be sinful to go for the one that has way more mm-hmm. debt. So you've got to pray this through and then trust that the Spirit's leading you and guiding you. And if you don't have peace about it, that's the other thing I add to this conversation. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, this is fantastic advice and it's great. I just add to folks, I want you to pray about it. If you feel led to do so and you feel peace about it, go for it. And if all of a sudden that peace disappears or all the doors close, then you might go, okay, well, maybe this isn't the direction I'm supposed to go. I'm supposed mm-hmm. to do this. But also if you've got two things in front of you, a trade, you know, you, you're, you're thinking, I, I want to be a plumber for my whole life. But I also have this college, you know, opportunity in, in ahead of me. Which one do I choose? God would probably be honored by both. Yeah. And if you're someone who, you know, is gifted with your hands, there's better things to do than go to college and waste a ton of money to learn something you don't need to learn. I unfortunately have a job that I have to have education to do, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Mm-hmm. So we go to school for the longest and get paid like the least. And that's super. Right. Love it. It's great. Speaking of which, if you want to sponsor this podcast. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. But Erica, this is fantastic advice. I mean, you start with don't question it. Just, just don't think about the wrong path. If you're dealing with two equal circumstances, you've got that. And then second, just make a decision. And if it ends up don't be crippled being a decision you didn't enjoy, then go back. We live in a world, especially if you're you don't have you, to continue. If you're an American, there's a very good chance that you have opportunities to then change your mind. Mm-hmm. You'll be okay. Yeah, it's it'll all work out. You yeah. you can transfer back. You can choose totally. to not do that trade anymore. You can. It really is not. Yeah. The be all end all. You're so ha- you're halfway through a semester right now, and you're like, I have made a huge mistake. Finish the semester. There's this thing called transfer. And then go. And you transfer to another school. Man, you're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. You can't do that with a spouse, though. 
I, I, you I can't be, transfer. Yeah, no, you can't, can't transfer, transfer spouses. You got to stick with the one you got. All right. Good advice, Erica. Thanks. Solid Council Corner with Erica moment. They're so good. <laughs> I learned so much. All right. All right. Well, well, that's it. Yeah. We'll and see you guys later. Enjoy this episode, everyone. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Yamcast. You can check us out at yamcast.podbean.com or on any other podcasting apps like iTunes. We would love it if you'd leave us a review that is any number between four and a half and five stars. If you have any questions that you'd like us to answer here on the podcast, you can email us at yamcastpod at gmail.com. That is yamcastpod at gmail.com. If you'd like more information about us, you can check us out at parkhillschurch.com or on the App Store with the Park Hills Church app. We are also on Instagram, so give us a follow at the Yamcast. Yamcast.